stories. Heck yeah. So excited. Um, just going to wait and make sure that everybody can get on. I hope that uh, you guys are still enjoying this time of rest because I think things are coming back up. Heck yeah. I've been praying. I've been believing. I've been decreeing. I've been declaring. Got to get this thing on the road right? Don't you think? Corona has to go. Heck no, Corona got to go. So <laughs> I'm just going to give you guys a few minutes just to pop on and say hello. It is going to be um, a night about faith because what does faith do? Faith is uh, the foundation on which we can see the manifestation of God. That's what we really get to see um, the, the, the blind seeing and the deaf hearing and the lame walking, it's because of our faith. That's one of the things that Jesus really talked about was about our faith. So um, I'm just trying to make sure that everybody is here. I don't, ah, here we go. Hey, Carol, how are we? Okay, so I am super excited. Let's just get some people up here. I think that we're starting to, we're starting to rock and roll. <laughs> anyway, it's gonna be fun. Um, so I do have a verse and uh, it's actually from the book of James I'm reading out of the Passion Translation because I think it's very appropriate for tonight's show. And it says in James 4, it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up the power within you to endure all things. Well, what does that look like? What does it take when you have to have your faith stirred up usually it's a situation for me it was when my mother was in a um she was in a uh, house fire and i was believing that god was going to heal her um it's also when i have prayed for people and i believed that god was going to to do something was going to move on my behalf it is that faith that gets stirred up when your love is so full for someone that you are willing to really just pull and tug on all of heaven for God to hear you and for, for heaven to start moving on your behalf. It's that faith that stirs up that once you see one miracle, you can expect another one. That's the kind of faith we're going to talk about. And it's that faith that endures, that it doesn't get disappointed, that it doesn't give up, but it keeps pushing through to see the next thing. We are heading into the next season where we're going to start to see miracles like Jesus prophesied about. We're going to see things shift and change in ways. But how do we get there? We first have to see that first sign that first glimmer of oh my gosh that works <laughs> i've i've actually prayed for people who had total disbelief that they could possibly even do these things and and i remember i was praying over someone and they said they haven't been able to touch their feet and they didn't know how long and i said well can i pray over your back and i prayed over their back and guess what they were touching their feet so i'm just saying that as we start to push in, as we start to hear the stories that stirs up our faith, because that's the other thing that testimonies do. Testimonies stir up our faith. When Jesus was here, he gave lots and lots of stories to stir up his disciples, to stir up their faith, to stir up the people that were, were walking around. And as people started to hear of the miracles that Jesus was doing, their faith got stirred up. And that's when they started to come on that's when they started to come out and that's when you started to see the miracles breaking out we are going to start to see those miracles and i'm so excited i have the pleasure of having roxanne warsham coming on she is i i got to meet her in texas let me tell you something there is something that's so true about texas everything is big in texas and let me tell you something her personality is huge her love is enormous and her stories are so big it actually stirs up your faith so without any further ado let me bring up roxanne worship up to touch by prayer and let's say howdy 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 Thank you so much for coming on. This is going to be such a great time with you. And uh, I just put up your uh, hope and glory ministry. So Roxanne, thank you com for coming on Touch by Prayer. Oh, I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Okay. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, we can hear Hello. you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so super excited to just be on your show and to share with you and to share with your listeners. Oh, yes, it is. Hold on one second. We're having some, we're having some craziness. Okay, we are good now. 
There we go. <laughs> um, I okay. So when we got to meet, we got to meet in Texas, and it was crazy because it was such a divine setup. Because you and I were kind of talking that I we were going, I was going out there, and I was going out there with Amy Rogers, and um, we were just going out there, and we weren't going to be able to meet. But then God had another plan. God had another plan. And he, what happened is I, my flight got canceled. And so I was able to actually come out to Dallas and, and to meet you. And I brought, I brought some friends because I'm always bringing friends. And, uh, and we got to spend some time having a beautiful dinner with you. But more importantly, man, you, we were talking about it on the way home. You stirred up our faith, girl. You just were like, you got us so stirred up. We were so, so excited. So excited. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to start to talk about just a little bit about you. We're going to talk about how, um, how, where you live. So let's just start talking about that. You're from, from Texas. And I think, are you from Katie? Is that right? No, I'm, I'm from Houston. I'm a native. Oh, you're from Houston. Okay. Go ahead. So why don't you give us a little bit of a backstory about yourself? So I'm a native Houstonian. I'm one of 11 children, the middle child of 11, six girls and five boys. And I grew up in a Christian home, always loved Jesus. Um, but when I was a senior in high school, I got run over by my own car. Yes, I did. Uh, that's a different story. But uh, the car knocked me down and it rolled across my face, fractured my skull from here all the way back, drug me 24 feet down the road. The car was resting on top of my right leg and burning my leg. I was at the end of the car. And truthfully, when the car ran over me, it should have smashed my head like a pancake. But it didn't. And uh, anyway, I knew from that moment on um, that God had something big for my life because he spared my life for a reason. And Lisa, it's so funny because as I look back now, it's so evident to see the hand of God with the amazing mentors and leaders and teachers that he gave to me that took such an interest in me from really truthfully high school on through college and beyond. And I just see how God has always been leading me, guiding me and training me for, I believe for right now, for right now, because we're coming into such an unprecedented time. Everybody knows it but an unprecedented time in the kingdom of God. And I just want to encourage your listeners, this is not a time to be in fear, to shrink back. These are exciting times. They really are exciting times. They're a little bit off and nobody would have thought, hey, this these are the best of times, but they really are right now. So let's just get our expecting, you know, expector up and uh, ask the Lord, where is he working and how can I join him in that work? Absolutely. And you know, it takes, it's going to take all of us. I mean, there are so many scriptures that says um, that, you know, that the harvest is big, but the workers are few. I mean, we got, we got some stuff to do. So, okay. What we're going to do, let's, let's just take a, a seat back and let's just start talking about uh, how you felt like, okay, your faith, your faith, it had really impressed me so much because, you know, Jesus actually said such faith I haven't seen. And I've met a lot of people with faith, but there was something that when you were telling your story, and we're going to talk about this story. And, it, and it's, it's a story that I believe you should share because this is, this is the beginning of how God really started to just turn up your fire and faith to start to see the supernatural and the impossible become possible. So why don't you take us back to how many years ago was it, Roxanne? Uh, in 2014, Lisa. In 2014. So in 2014, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience what happened in 2014? In July of 2014, we were in Lake Tahoe on a family vacation. And my then 19-year-old son, and his best friend, who was 19 at the time, Jake, uh, went with us on our family vacation. And the last day of the trip, we rented a boat to go to the other side of the lake. And uh, like I said, it was the end of July. But Lake Tahoe is still a very cold lake. 
Uh, but there were kids swimming and jumping off the rocks, and the boys decided they wanted to swim over to the rocks. So they got off the back of the boat and started swimming toward the rocks. And I was watching them swim. I turned around and uh, talking to my friends and turned back around. And I could see Rob, but I could not see Jake. And I, I hollered, Rob, where's Jake? They're about 40 yards from me. Rob, where's Jake? And I saw my son take his goggles off of his head, throw them to some nearby kayakers. And he said, look for my friend. He's down there. And at that moment, I can't even tell you what I felt, but my heart sank. And I couldn't see Jake. And I knew I needed help. And I needed that lifeguard on this scene. Jesus Christ, our lifeguard, our lifeline. And I yelled at the top of my lungs, Jesus, help, Jesus, save Jake, as loud as I could. And Lisa, I look in retrospect now, it's almost as if God said, roll him, action. And this incredible scene began to unfold. But Jake was at the bottom of the lake for 12 minutes. Uh, and Lake Tahoe is very clear. He's about 20 feet down at the bottom of the lake. And out of all the, as humongous as Lake Tahoe is, there was a man that decided at the last moment to go paddle boarding because he was going to be in a race the following week. He wanted to tire out his shoulder. And as huge as Lake Tahoe is, he was paddle boarding full speed ahead to my son without even knowing that my son was in distress. And he got there and he heard my son yell and he said, what's the matter? And he said, my friend's down there. And uh, this man who was Jake's rescuer is named Joe. And he looked down and he said he saw Jake in the fetal position at the bottom of the lake. He dove down there to pull Jake up and swam all the way down and then grabbed Jake by the swim trunks and just started clawing his way back to the top because Jake was full of water. He's completely waterlogged. He had drowned. He was heavy and he's pulling him up and just trying to get back up to the surface. And when they got Jake back up, um, there are some lifeguards now on the scene uh, out there in the water on a different kayak. And uh, they were able to heave ho Jake up on the kayak. And when they did, Lisa, and this is when I saw Jake, he was completely blue and purple from his waist up his arms too, blue and purple, and uh, no pupil response, no eye movement, no pulse, no heartbeat, nothing. And they put him, got him to the shore, which was, we were about 200 yards from the shore. And they began doing CPR on Jake. And there are probably about 500 people between being in the beach and on the beach, being in the water and on the water. And uh, when I saw Jake, honestly, man, I, it was bad. It was so bad. And I just began to just pray out every single scripture I knew. And I said, Father God, you said with long life, you will satisfy Jake and show him your salvation. God, you told me that you give your angels charge over Jake, that he won't as much as dash his foot against a stone, much less drown in it in a lake, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus that Jake will live. He will not die. And he will declare for himself the marvelous works of the Lord. Father, you said you have plans to prosper Jake and not to harm him, but to give him a great hope and a future. And I'm shouting out scripture for 25 minutes on the beach. And I'm asking everybody on the beach, pray for Jake, pray for Jake in the name of Jesus. And uh, you could just see pods of people strangers huddled together and just praying. There were four pastors on the beach that day that came to our boat and asked if they could pray. And I said, yes, of course you can. And they would all pray, God, if it's your will, please let this boy leave, live. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I walked to the back of the boat like, I need somebody with some faith standing with me and believing Come on. with me. I need some people with some faith that are going to war with me right now because this was life and death. It yeah. was life and death. And all I saw staring at me in the face was death. 
And I was going to declare and decree for this boy's life. And you know what? I believe that God is sovereign no matter what. And he gets the final say no matter what. But I know one thing. I'm going down with faith. I'm going down fighting. I'm going down declaring. I'm going down praying. I'm going down believing no matter what. You know, if God says no, then that, then I'm going to go with that. But other than that, I'm going to put my faith in action. You know, Lisa, that man that jumped down to the bottom of that lake and rescued Jake, he was a 30-year ER nurse. Come on. Come on. 30-year <laughs> ER nurse. And that's who the Lord sent on the scene. But Lisa, lifelight came. All these ambulances, fire trucks came. They're they're working on Jake. They've been working on him 20, 25 minutes. They paddled his heart three times and nothing happened. Nothing was happening. It was so bad. And I remember I went to the back of that boat and I just got prostrate before my father as flat as I could with my arms out. And I said, Father God, I have nothing to give. But you are the author. You are the creator. You are the sustainer of life. I said, but Lord, you told me that if I put my trust in you, I will never be put to shame. And mm. this cannot end in death. And I kid you not, it was less than two minutes later, they said they found a faint pulse, a faint pulse. And because they found a faint pulse, they put him in life flight to Reno. He flatlined the entire flight to Reno, so he got another 20 minutes of CPR. 45 minutes of CPR before he even got to the hospital. Long story short, Lisa, we didn't get to see him till about 9 o'clock that night. Uh, from a 12.30 accident till 9 o'clock at night. And uh, he was in cardiac ICU on full life support. And my son and I walked into the room surrounded by doctors and, and nurses in ICU. And the doctor looked at me in the face and he said, we just got off the phone with his parents and we told them we will try to keep his heart beating until they get here, but we can't make any guarantees. For some reason that really truly didn't compute with me because he was on life support. So how can you not keep his heart beating? I just kind of didn't get it. But what had happened because he was without oxygen for so long that his blood was what they call acidotic. It was, his blood was poison to him because it had no oxygen to sustain life in it. Anyway, when the doctor told me that, I looked at him and I said, can I touch him? And he said, yes. And I got on one side of Jake and my son got on the other. And I just put my hand up by his head and I said, Jake, you have the mind of Christ Jesus. I said, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus that you will live and you will not die and you will declare for yourself the marvelous works of God. I put my hand on his heart and I said, I command you heart to beat in the manner in which Father God created you. And then I touched him just lightly on his body. I speak life to your lungs in the name of Jesus. I speak life to your kidneys in the name of Jesus. I speak life to your liver in Jesus' name. I command all of you organs to operate and work together in harmony the way God created you. And then I prayed this, Lisa. I said, Jesus, will you exchange your eternal blood with Jake's internal blood? Anyway, they put Jake in a, an induced coma, a cold coma, just so all of his organs could rest, but they didn't, his, he made it through that night. Um, and can then we, they- Can we stop just for one second? Just for one second, because yeah. I, I really, we were talking, you were like, I'm, do you wanna have a teachable moment? Well, you just had one. <laughs> what you were saying, okay, is that you were speaking to the mountains. You were speaking to each of the different parts of his body that wasn't responding. You spoke to his heart. You spoke to his lungs. You spoke to his blood. You spoke to his head. You spoke to the vital organs that were necessary to respond. You spoke life into them where the doctors are calling death. You were speaking the opposite. 
You were telling them how they should function. You were calling them back into order. See, this is the thing. Sometimes um, it, it's we're very well meaning in our prayers, but our prayers don't avail much because we're not we're play, praying wishy washy prayers. It's like you didn't say, Father God, you know, heal his lungs. Father God, no, you didn't do that. You spoke to those organs and you were telling those organs that you as a daughter of the most high God, that they had to come into alignment. Amen. Amen. We have to start to get this. We have to start to get this because it's, well, sometimes it's a life and death thing, but we've got to start to get this. Faith that Faith is a substance of those things hoped for. That's right. The evidence of things not yet seen. That's correct. What I was seeing was death. What the doctors were calling is death. And I'm hoping for life. So faith at its very core is just deep rooted and great expectations, period, end of story. Yep. And we've got to let that take deep root within us. That's right. And you knew the word of God. You knew the miracles of the Bible. You knew what was possible. If, if he could say to Ezekiel, prophesy to these dead bones so that they shall live. Come on. He didn't say, God didn't tell Ezekiel to, um, to ask him to, you know, God, will you go ahead and make these bones? He said, son of man, prophesy to these bones so that they shall live. That's the key right there. What you did is a teachable moment because you were speaking to the organs and telling them what they needed to do. So My, I, I, I just wanted to get, get that out. Pastors <laughs> Joe and Victoria Osteen tell us every week, store up the word of God in you when you don't need it. That's right. And you will have it when you do. And I was really truthfully, Lisa, surprised that I had 25 minutes of scripture just coming out of me, but it had been stored up for so long. That's right. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. And hearing comes from the what? Word of God. Come on. Amen. It's the word of God. It's faith the word of God. Hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. Mm -hmm. So it works hand in hand. And faith is that great expectation. And faith is what we need to operate. We get in a car every single day with great faith in that car that not just in that car, but that somebody else isn't going to cross the line to come in and come smack us. Come on. We got to put our faith yep. toward toward the things of God, especially right. now. Especially now. We have got yeah. to set a vision for what we want to see and what we want to expect yep. right now. Everybody does. I believe that we all have a, a super responsibility to do that. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, so let's, so so now, so you have Jake in the hospital 24 hours later and he yeah. is, he and his parents are now coming in. Yeah, his parents got there about 1.30 in the morning and I'm gonna tell you something. If that were my son, I would have hauled booty down to the end of the hallway to see where my son was. But his mother, out of strength, just supernatural strength, she stopped and she said, Roxanne, how are you doing? Let me pray for you. And I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. Like she had that. But you see a picture right there of Jake. And he was in a an induced coma, letting those organs rest. And even though his heart was still beating, they told us there's no way he'd be anything more than a vegetable. He'd have nothing. Uh, you can't sustain 45 minutes of CPR. You can't sustain being underwater for 12 minutes and come out with any kind of semblance of life. And you're really told their parents, you're really going to have to make a hard decision. And uh, the whole time, Lisa, all I kept hearing in my spirit over and over again was this word called acceleration, acceleration. I just kept popping. And at that point in my life, if the Lord was speaking to me prior to that, to tell you the truth, I wasn't on that frequency. I didn't really hear him. But now all of a sudden I'm hearing him and I keep hearing acceleration, acceleration. And I knew, I just knew at that point it was from God. And I said, Father, what are you saying? 
Why do I keep hearing acceleration? Acceleration. Well, the beautiful part of the end of this story is that 27 days to the day later of the drowning, Jake Blackman was back home in Houston, Texas with nothing more than a Band-Aid on his neck where the tracheotomy had been. 110% resurrected from the dead. That bottom picture you can see with his beautiful mother, just a Band-Aid. And that's even in the third hospital he was in. 27 days later, nothing more than a Band-Aid on his neck, fully alive, no gross motor skills, no fine motor skill loss, nothing, nothing wrong, just a little miracle mark right here from the tracheotomy. That's the power of our God. That is the power of our God. And Lisa, that was an absolute faith changer for me. I'll have to tell you, 27 days were horrible. You know, the enemy wants to just heap a bunch of guilt, shame on you, and you yourself want to do that. But I spent so much time with the Lord then because I was so desperate for him and so desperate for answers and just knowing that everything was going to be okay and nothing looked like it was going to be okay. And we we're getting horrible stories. That nothing was going to be okay. But I spent a lot of time with the Lord and then he really began to speak to me. And uh, he told me this, that when I called out the name of Jesus, two things happened. All of heaven stood at attention and all of hell had to flee. I've never forgotten that. Oh, come and on. Tell people don't ever, ever use the name of the Lord in vain because mm. there's so much power in the name of Jesus um. that we can't just casually throw mm. it around because when we say the name of Jesus, all of heaven stands at attention. That's so good. I, I, ha I have to. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I was driving home and it was really interesting because um, earlier in the day, I kept feeling, I kept seeing, having a vision of my front driver side um, tire flying off. And so I called my husband and I said, Rob, I said, can my tire fall off? And he said, what are you nuts? That can't happen. That doesn't happen. And I was like, well, it, it, it just seems like, you know, I keep having this vision. He goes, Lisa, that's, that's not going to happen. So I, I just believed him. And so I was getting onto a very, very busy road at 530 because I was well, going home. And as I was going, I was, on, I was badly, I was on the phone talking to somebody, trying to get them to come on my show. I was trying to, to set up an appointment for them to, to be interviewed. And so I'm talking to this young man and then all of a sudden I'm just driving and I hear boop, 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 and I see my tire fly. I see my tire oh, fly wow. off and I see it and I said, I, I got to go. My tire just flew off and I dropped the phone and I could see in my rear view mirror, the woman behind me like this. <laughs> because she's seeing the tire coming. And so I did what you said, Roxanne. I went, Jesus, 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 three times. And my, I don't know how, but my car just very gently with no tire. So I was like, you know, went all the way over onto the side of the road, completely safe completely safe. And so when, when the guys that come up and down the road that, you know, they look for people, the guy came behind the car and everything. And, and I'm like freaking out, I'm freaking out. And what happens is I'm talking to my husband and I'm, I'm panicking. I'm like, oh, you know, and so I, I'm not making any sense. And so this poor man is like looking at me like I'm crazy. And I go here, talk to my husband. And he's like, what? I, yeah, I think, it, I think you could put a tire on it. And the guy's thinking, oh, well, she's, so upset and nervous because her husband is making her upset and nervous. So he goes, yeah, let me go and look. So he goes to the front of the car and he does one of these. And then I can see his face and he runs back over and he goes, you have no tire. I said, I know. Wow. <laughs> so he was able to go and get it. But what he said to me, he says, ma'am, I don't know if you know how lucky you are. He said, 
how, where were you? And I told him I was in the middle lane. I was doing 65 miles an hour. And when oh. I called the name of Jesus, it just, it just slowly went over. Everybody moved. There was no accidents. He said he couldn't believe that my car didn't flip. He couldn't believe that nobody got hurt. He couldn't believe that. And I told him I called on Jesus. I called on Jesus. Yeah. The fact that you said what you said, I, I had to share that. Amen. Because when you said all of heaven heard when I called his name, I, I had to, I, I had to interrupt you. I'm sorry, because that is the powerful name of Jesus. You know, Amen. it's powerful, so powerful. I so, love, love the name of Jesus. I, I love it. I love that Father God has given us permission to use that name. Heck yeah. Like he's given us permission and authority to use that name. Yes. So beautiful. It is. And that's why I, I just kind of feel like, goodness gracious. So I do want to put up this picture, which is Jake. It's actually a year later. Oh, where'd you go? How come? That was weird. <laughs> um so I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to pull myself down so you can see. And July 30th, 2014, the date, and just for there to say thank you. And he went there and they did a, had a dedication on the beach. Mm -hmm. with a lot of the first responders that were there and jake got on that rock that the boys were swimming to that day and just conquered that rock come on come on that is that is so great but it doesn't it doesn't just stop there see that's the beautiful part about faith is that when god gets that faith going when he starts to stir that faith up inside because like um like with with you i i my mother was in a house fire and it was how God spoke to me that entire time that she was in this, she was in the ICU of the burn unit. She had third and fourth degree burns over 50% of her body. They gave her no, they gave her no uh, recovery. They really didn't. They said it, that they were just gonna go day by day. That's what they basically, yeah. day by day. And so when I, when I realized, I said, okay, Lord, I got down and I said, I said, I'm gonna pray for her. And the Lord said to me, he says, Lisa, he says, you can't pray for her if you still have anger towards her. Oh. Like, whoa. I mean, so I didn't. Business. Oh, he still got my business. But because it was a life and death situation. So I, and, and this is, mm -hmm. this is the whole thing. This was in 2002. I wasn't reading the Bible. I never heard that. In Catholic church, I never heard that. But God, but God. Amen. See, he will tell us exactly what he what we need to do. He shows us exactly what we need to do. The fact that you called and brought up all those scriptures and you said you didn't even know that they were there. But God said, okay, Roxanne, start saying these scriptures. And the Holy Spirit just started, boom, 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 boom. And it was like when my mom was in the hospital, he told me exactly what to do. He said, do not go there if you have any kind of doubt. He, but he didn't say doubt. He goes, don't go if you're having a bad day. That's what he said to me. Wow. Don't go if you're having a bad day. Because I couldn't let doubt into that room. Because the whole room, it was almost like you walked into heaven when you would go in there. Because there was so much faith that she was going to walk out. I told her doctor she was going to walk out. And he looked at me and said I was crazy. But that's okay. Because like you said in the beginning, for such a time as this. See, that story helped you for the next time that God said, he wanted you to do something, right? Yes. So why don't we why don't we talk about the the next time? Okay. So I was at the car wash minding my own business one day, and uh, the young man that was I call him a young man. He was in his thirties, probably. That was working on my car and drying it all up. Uh, I noticed that his hand, his right hand, was just hanging low, but he just had like a claw just hanging low and he was wiping my car with his left hand. And of course I saw that and I had compassion. I said, Oh Jesus, will you please heal that boy's hand? 
And immediately, I got the impression, I heard the Holy Spirit say, go lay hands and pray for him. And I said, Lord, you can heal him from here, which that's what I said. You can heal him from here. The Holy Spirit spoke to me a second time and said, go lay hands on him and pray for him. Well, I wanted to do anything but that. Even though I saw this great big resurrection, I started wiping down my own car because I was going to be so disobedient and not be that person, you know, in front of all those other people. And so I'm wiping down my own car. Remember, I'm at the trunk of my car. He finishes and he walks off to another car to start working on it. I close my trunk and I said, oh, I guess I missed it. Holy Spirit went, go after him. I mean, I knew the Lord was through horsing around with me. I I love that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I had to go be obedient. And uh, so I walked over to him. I said, excuse me, have you ever asked the Lord to heal you? (laughs) I love that. Come on. Because I was like, how goofy. But that's what I said to him. Excuse me, have you ever asked the Lord to heal you? And he holds out his arms. Can you see? Mm-hmm. And and they're like this. And this was just that claw hanging there. And this arm's real skinny from no muscle tone and no muscle use. And he says, accident. And mm-hmm. I said, would it be okay with you if I prayed for you? And he shook his head, yes. And I just gently laid my hands on his. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this hand to open up and operate in the manner in which Father God created it. And I give Jesus Christ all the praise, honor, and glory for it, for it's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. And I hear an amen behind me, and I turn around to look, and it's one of his co-workers that heard me praying. (laughs) And uh, she had joined her faith with mine, which I think is so cool. Anyway, so I said to that that young man, I said, "Uh, can you move your fingers? And he turns that old claw hand withered up hand upside down like this and one at a time he begins to open those fingers like this come on yeah his eyes were getting so huge and my eyes were getting so huge and then he took that hand and he began to open it and close it and open it and close it and he's saying thank you thank you and i said don't thank me thank jesus cristo <laughs> and he's like thank you jesus cristo and He's saying, thank you, thank you. I walk back to my car. I am wrecked, just wrecked. I'm like, I sit there and I'm weeping. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? Are you kidding me? That's what you wanted me to see? And that guy comes over to my car and he's like, thank you, thank you. And I said, don't thank me. Thank Jesus Cristo. I said it again. And he's like, thank you, Jesus Cristo. I called my husband on the phone and I'm just weeping and wailing. He couldn't even understand me. He thought I got in a car accident or something. I couldn't believe what I just saw with mm-hmm. my very own eyes from being obedient. Yep. It's all about obedience. It took the Lord three times for him to speak it to me before I moved. I'll be glad to tell you that it didn't take three times anymore for me. Well, okay. I'm going to say, I was going to say, oh, you are definitely my sister because it always takes three times. I, oh, God has to tell me the same thing three times, three times before I do it. Three times, oh. always. That's because the first time I, I think it's the devil. <laughs> the second time it's then I'm afraid. And then the third time I'm like, yes, sir. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll go do it. You know, and, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. And sometimes, sometimes God is, but you know, gosh, this is, this is the thing that I think about so much, Roxanne. And I I thought about it a couple of times and I said, Lord, I said, forgive me for being afraid of man. I said, because I never want somebody to miss their hour Mm. of visitation because of my fear. Mm. Because God, he has that time. He's like, I have Roxanne coming and Roxanne is going to, she's going to heal that person because I'm going to tell her to do it. And so if you didn't do it, it's like that guy or that woman or that child, they're not going to get it. And it's like, oh man. So then there has to be another time. Do you know what I mean? And so I always think about that because 
goodness, if we've been called to do these things, right? And God knows everything we're going to do. He knows the day that we're born. He knows the day that we come home. And he knows everything that we're supposed to do. In fact, one time I was, um, I had a vision and, and the Lord, I was with the Lord. And I said to him, he, we were at the, the, the books, right? Everybody has books. Every single person has books. And in these books are what was planned for you. And on one side is what you actually do, right? Because we have free will. Just have to remember that. So, so the Lord started to, um, so I was with Jesus and, and he says, do you want to see your books? And I said, yes, I want to see my books. And so I went up to, to what, to this man and he was called the ancient of days and Roxanne, I didn't know that was God. I had no idea. Like it was this wow. old guy called ancient of days. <laughs> and so when I told people about that, they go, you know, that was God. I'm like, Oh, that was God. They're like, he is the ancient of days. I'm like, he is, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, really? <laughs> so, wow. so I, so he opened my book and you know what I saw? I saw healings and I saw all these names, all these names, all these names, all these names. Wow. And, and then I saw another sign and it said raised from the dead. And I saw all these names, all these, wow. names, all these names. And that is where my faith went to the next level. Wow. That's where it went to the next wow. level. Because technically, my friend, you've already raised the dead. Wow. You've already done it. You spoke to to a dead body and told it to live. Amen. So you have already raised the dead. You've already healed the sick, but you've also raised the dead. And I just you felt know, like you needed to hear that. Thank you, Lisa. You know what I love so much is that the Holy Spirit's always at work. Yes. But he allows us to partner with him. And now when I wake up, I mean, I always tell the father, good morning, and I love you, mm -hmm. and thank you. Yep. Um, I also say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing today, and can I hang out with you? Mm -hmm. I always go on such amazing adventures with him, and really and truly, he's become my best friend. But also, I love to tell people this, especially when I'm like trying to encourage them. When you partner with the Holy Spirit, he makes you look so smart. <laughs> yes, come on. You have so much fun, but he makes you look so smart. But I just had to give all the praise to Jesus for sure, all of it. Absolutely. Uh, he paid for that healing. Yes, he did. He yes, paid he did. for that on the cross. He paid for it on his way to the cross when he took all those lashes mm -hmm. for us. And he endured it for joy, you yep. know, because he knew that we were coming. Because he right. knew. We're so loved by the Father. Mm -hmm. And it's such an exciting time to be alive because I believe now more than ever, we have an open portal, an open window of oh, heaven. Yeah. Us. And the Father says this in his word, that his eyes run to and fro, seeking whom he can bless, where his favor can rest. Mm, so good. You know? And I'm like, here I am, Lord. Like, leave <laughs> me. Uh -huh. One well, time this lady came to the church and uh, I was working at the church then and I was about to leave for lunch and the guy said, oh, there's a lady here. Can you pray for her? And I was like, sure, I can. She just stopped on the side of the road um, to come. She didn't go to church there. And I went to her and I said, oh, hi. I said, my name's Roxanne. I said, what do you want Jesus to do for you? And she just began to just wail and weep. And she says, I've had ringing in my ears for months now. I've been to multiple doctors. Nobody can help me. I feel like I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. My daughter's about to leave for college. I don't want her to remember me like this. My husband is beside himself, doesn't know what to do. As soon as I leave here, I'm going to go to an acupuncturist. Uh, but I just, need, I just need some help. And not to belittle or undermine her very real situation. But I was thinking, I've already seen a resurrection. Mm -hmm. I've seen her hand open. Come on. Ringing ears is easy. That's <laughs> where my faith went. And I wasn't being arrogant or smart aleck. That's just what I was thinking. That's going to be an easy one. So I hugged her and loved on her and tried to settle her down, you know, and let her calm down. And then I set her in a chair. 
I put my hand right up to her ears and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this ringing to stop and dissipate right now. In Jesus' name, and I give Jesus Christ all the praise, honor, and glory for it. And then she looks at me and she starts doing this. You know how your ears are popping? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's completely stopped in this ear and there's only a faint buzzing in this ear. And it wasn't two weeks prior to that, my pastor preached a message called the second touch when Jesus put his hand on the blind man's eyes and then said, what do you see? He said, I see ministries walking. So Jesus put his hands back up there again because sometimes we just need to contend mm-hmm. for the things of God. Mm-hmm. Quit being so quick to give up. That's Show right. that you're more determined than he is. And so my pastor just preached that. It was fresh on my mind. I put my hands up to her ears. Probably pretty much said the exact same prayer. Jesus opened up both of those ears and she walked out of there without having to go to an acupuncture. Because the God of all healing touched her and met with her that day. But those are like just fun adventures that I get to go on now with the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yep. And that's, let me tell you something. That is, that is my idea of fun. In fact, it that is that fun. is that is something that I cannot wait to go back out and do. And in fact, I want to I want to get in a car, Roxanne, and I want to take a bunch of my girlfriends, and I want to go hit the road, and I want to start bringing and preaching and and yeah. and telling people, not but not preaching, not preaching in a um, condemning way, but in a like you got good news because guess what, yeah. Jesus just showed up today. <laughs> Jesus just sent me here. So Jesus just showed up. And that's one of the things that I always, um, I kind of joke about like with people when I'm praying, it's like, if I get, if I'm praying with somebody and then all of a sudden I see something like there was a woman who came to my uh, makeup counter and um, this is when I was still working at the makeup counter and um, she was, she wanted to get some foundation. And I said, Oh, okay. She goes, I want to cover this scar. And I'm looking at her and I couldn't see a scar. I mean, I literally could not see a scar. And she's like, don't you see it? I'm like, no, I really don't. She goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, no. And then all of a sudden she points it, points to it. And then all of a sudden it like appeared. And I went, oh, okay. And so I was like, game on. (laughs) So I knew, you know, my husband would joke with me, lipstick or prayer, because people were coming to my counter. God would send them to the counter and they were getting like incredible healing. So we, we matched up her foundation. And I said, well, because I worked for Clinique at the time. And I said, we're in gift. I said, if you buy something else, I said, we can go ahead and you can get the gift. And she's like, okay. And I said, what would you like? And I heard the Lord say lipstick. <laughs> he did. And I said, I said, how about some lipstick? She goes, I don't wear lipstick. And I said, oh, now I know what I heard. And um, I said, okay. I, I said, well, do you believe in do you believe in God? And she's like, I do. And I said, do you believe in healing? She goes, I used to. I said, okay. And she said, you see, I, she says, the scar, she says, I was at a party and, um, and I got drunk and I tripped over a heater and I split and I was such a bad split that they had to do surgery on my face. And so it's left this scar and I can't, I, I don't want to bring anything to draw attention to it. And I said, Oh, I said, I said, I'm sorry. I said, well, I said, you know, God sends people to my counter. And I said, and I believe he sent you. And I said, so if it would be okay, would it be all right if I prayed over you? And she said, okay. So I'm praying over her and I'm praying over her and I can see now with a scar, it's usually white. That's what you see is when there's a scar because of the scar tissue, there is no, there's no blood supply. So it's, it becomes like a white piece of skin. So you could see a white line. Okay. And it's usually kind of red around it. And so I'm looking at it, Roxanne, and I'm seeing red going into the line and I'm like, I'm like, yes. So, (laughs) so then I see the Lord say, tell her to open her mouth. So I said, I said, oh, I said, could you do me a favor? I said, can you do this? like that. And she goes, I can't do that. I go, well, can you try? She goes, and she goes, what? I can't do that. I go, can you do it again? And she does it again. Right. So then I said, I said, well, I said, I'm not like a doctor or anything. I said, but isn't that scar supposed to be white? And she's like, yeah. I said, well, take a look. And she can see, 
that it's becoming pink and she could see that it's becoming red and she could see it slowly disappearing. And I said, open your mouth again. So she opened her mouth again and, and it was practically gone. And I, I said, do you see? I said, he's not mad at you. I said, he loves you. And you've been carrying around that condemnation for so long, thinking that you deserve what you should have gotten, that you deserve that. And so you're wearing that scar as a punishment. And that was never God's intention. He always wanted you to be healed. I said, he just had to send you to my counter. And so I said to her, I said, okay, well, let's go get something. And she goes, red. I go, excuse me. She goes, red lipstick. So we, so we picked out the most beautiful red lipstick that she could wear because God healed her. And there's, there's something about that. There's something about those stories. And there's, there's so many different stories because we sometimes don't believe that God wants to heal us. And mm -hmm. so with you, with, with the people that you've encountered, you know, they, they just, they weren't expecting it, but you know, there comes those times where people don't believe that they deserve it. And so mm -hmm. that's where we kind of have to say, but we know as believers, we know as sons and daughters of God, that he loves us so much that we have the faith, that they don't have to have the mm -hmm. faith. And it's almost like the woman, you know, who was caught in adultery. You know, Jesus says, where are your accusers now? Neither do I accuse, you know? And so we're, we're gonna come into this whole new place, but we're gonna start to see God moving because the church, I really believe in this time, the church has come into an understanding of, we need to rise up because I truly believe if the church was at the level that it should be, this thing would not be. I'm just saying. Right. We'd be like, oh, what? Corona? What? Oh, yeah. all right. Let's go. We're going out. Let's get rid of this thing. You know, that would have been it. That would have been it. Because do you think that, you know, when Jesus was dealing with leprosy, leprosy was something that was so right. contagious. And he, everybody else was running away and he was running too. Amen. And that's where we need to become. We need to be the ones who run too. Now, I'm not trying to say that we need to be disobedient to the government because I did find a verse today that I was reading about how we need to respect the government. Just saying. Nor am I putting condemnation on those who are doing what they feel God is telling them to do. That's not my, that's not my job. But I am saying that this is the time for the church to rise up, to start walking into the authority that Jesus died for. And we just celebrated that. We just celebrated it last week on Sunday. So I think people really experienced Resurrection Sunday in a brand new way this year. Right? Resurrection power that now we possess as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Yep. And we be carriers of that. We are now the Holy of Holies because He dwells, He chooses to dwell within us. And it's so fun. And we should be expecting things. We should be expecting to walk in miracles, signs and wonders. The Bible says in Mark 16, it follows the believer. Yep. It follows the believers. Um, I want to share one story with you. That oh, absolutely. Morning. Uh, I was traveling back with uh, the ministry from a night of hope in another city, another state and on an early flight. And some of our team was on that same flight. And we were just 20 minutes into the flight and the captain comes on and says, if there's any medical professionals on board, can you please walk to the back of the plane? And I was already on Wi-Fi. I was texting with a couple of my friends. And so I immediately began to pray for whoever that person was on our flight. And I sent out a text to a couple of people. Somebody's in distress on our plane. Will you please pray for healing in the name of Jesus? All right. So then they call about 20 minutes after that. I see the um, plane steward run into the back of the plane. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, they're still in distress. So I'm start praying even more. And uh, then one of my friends from our team gets up and he's walking back and he looks a little um, concerned. And I said, hey, Peter, what's going on? Where, where are you going? Everything OK? And he says, it's Stephanie. That's my dear friend. Oh, no. She was the one that I've been praying for. I didn't know it was her in distress. 
So I asked my uh, plane steward, I said, that's my friend back there. Can I please go back there? And she says, yes. And as I walked back to the, it was one of those humongous planes at 737-900. And I walked to the far back of the plane and they stopped me and they said, who are you? Now we had just flown from uh, Washington, DC. So there's, um, what's the name of that big hospital there? There's there's physicians from Walter Reed. That's the name okay. of it. Mm-hmm. Walter Reed Hospital. They're attending to my friend. They've been back there with her for about 35 or 40 minutes already. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, they were going to turn the plane and just, you know, land it wherever they could, the nearest plane. And I went back there. They finally let me get to her. And I just sat next to her and I just said, I speak peace over you, Stephanie, in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over you in the name of Jesus. You are healed of the Lord. I speak peace in the name of Jesus. Just real calm. Just I speak peace to you in the name of Jesus. I I apply the blood of Jesus Christ over your life right now in Jesus' name. By his blood, you are healed. I, I apply the blood of Jesus. I speak the blood of Jesus over you right now in Jesus' name. You're healed. And I said, can I please get some juice? I asked for some juice. I gave her a sip. You know, anyway, her blood pressure her um, pulse rate, which was through the roof, it starts going down, it starts going down, it starts going down, where finally they kind of get over and just leave. You know, after I was with her for about 30 minutes, the guy in front of her, the guy sitting in front of her, he turns around and he looks at me and he said, what those medical professionals couldn't do in 30 minutes, you did in three minutes. (laughs) And I said, that's the power in the name of Jesus. Come on. And I believe that with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. That's all in the name of Jesus. And I stayed back there with her. And, I, and she said, I was trying to get you. I was trying to ask for you. I wanted you. I needed you. And I was just there with her. And I sat back there with her the whole flight. Towards the end of the flight, she says, I need to go to the bathroom. And I said, well, do you think you can go by yourself? Or do you want me to go with you? And she says, no, I think I'll be fine. She goes, walks to the bathroom. The Pilot comes on and he says, please put on your seat belts. We're going to hit some bad turbulence. Oh, boy. And those plane, those stewardesses, they're, they're running, or plane stewards, they're running up and down and they're battling, you know, putting everything away and they're getting in their jump seats. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the last thing we need. So when Stephanie came back, I said, uh, Stephanie, we might hit a few turbul- turbulence because I'm still trying to be real calm because right, her right. blood pressure was so raw, high and she was having an anxiety attack and her pulse was super high. And so I wanted to stay calm. And I said, Stephanie, they said, we're probably going to hit a few turbulence. So just get your seatbelt on. Everything's going to be okay. Lisa, as soon as I heard the click of her belt, that plane started doing this. Uh. So bad. Oh. And this is the last thing my friend needs. Sure. And I said in my Texas whisper, <laughs> which there is no such thing, <laughs> I speak peace to these winds in the name of Come Jesus. Come on. Heck yeah. And it wasn't, it was, I mean, after that plane was doing this, and I said, I speak peace to those winds in the name of Jesus. Come peace on. Peace in Jesus' name. And immediately it went like this. Yep. And that same man who said something to me earlier, like what they couldn't do in 30 minutes, you yep. did in three. Yep. He turned around and he looked at me and says, who are you? <laughs> and I said, I'm calling the most high God. Come on. That's right. When you can be bold Come for on. the cause of Christ Jesus. There are so many people that are watching. There are so many people that are listening. There are so many people paying attention that need what you carry. That need what you have. And just like you can catch a cold, you can catch faith. Faith is contagious. And so that's what I want to encourage all your listeners to do tonight. You be bold. You be bold right now more than ever. The world is listening. The world is looking for some something that is sustainable. They are looking for something that makes sense. And the Bible says this, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. That's right. Nor the children begging for bread. That's right. And in these uncertain times, we serve an a unchanging God. That's right. And you 
him, put all of your hope and trust in him because he will do anything but fail you. Anything but fail you. So good. Share with them what you were sharing with me before we came on about who your father is and how he would never want to like put sickness or disease on you. Oh no, absolutely. And that, that's the whole thing. You know, when we talk about like in, in Psalm, Psalms 91, right? There, there are so many different, there's so many different scriptures. My goodness, you can just go on and on through the scriptures where it talks about the faithfulness of God, where it talks about how he is going to protect us. He is our rock and our shield that we can hide ourselves in him, that he is never going to leave us nor forsake us. There are so many different scriptures, but you know, we look at all this stuff and I'm thinking to myself, my goodness gracious, like I know that I know that I know that my daddy loves me. I know that he loves me. I know that he has given me, um, he has given me assignments. My assignments aren't done. He has given me, he's given me dreams. He's given me visions of things that he wants to accomplish and they're not done. So what good would it be for me to perish with all of those things that I did not get to complete? You see, sometimes God has something so much bigger, but it takes something like what we've been going through that pulls us up, that rises us up into a new level of understanding and of leadership. Because yeah. look at Moses, okay? Moses, he was out in the desert. He was doing his thing. And, and he kept hearing about this God on this mountain. And so he decided to go and look. When Moses was called by God, he was called to get, to go back to Egypt where he escaped. He went back to Egypt to get his people free because guess mm. what? The sounds go up, the, the cries go up, the cries yeah. of the unborn are up. Those who are being murdered and who are being sacrificed, those things go up, they go up. And there comes a point where the Lord says, I've heard enough, I've heard enough. Mm. And so now I'm going to act. And so what did he do? He sent Moses, let my people go. Let my people go. That's where we are right now. Mm. Except it's not one Moses, it's many. It's many voices who are gonna say, let my people go. Let my people come out of religion. Let my people come out of bondage. Let them come out of a, a um, not knowing who God is. Mm. Because that's one of the things that God did is he showed all of the Israelites who he was, that he was their protector. Because when the plagues came, the plagues didn't come to the Israelites. When there was a famine, it didn't come to the Israelites. When their stock and their livestock and their um, and their cows, that didn't come, that went to Egypt. It didn't go to, to the Jews. It didn't go there. When there was water, they had plenty of water. It was Egypt that suffered. You see, we are his sons and daughters and he is going to protect his family. That's why Jesus died, is so that we could become sons and daughters, yeah. not servants. We're not servants, we're sons mm -hmm. and daughters. Think about what you would do as a mother to protect your children. Now think about the, the God of the universe and what he's going to do to protect us. Yes. Don't get fooled into believing that we are going to be destroyed by God because he loves us too much. He loves us too much. We're he children. loves us too much. We're, and that's why he, why would Jesus, why would Jesus go to the cross <laughs> to get kids back to destroy us? Yeah. He's put, he's put, it doesn't make sense. He's invested so much in us already. Yeah. And no, and everybody wants a great return on that's their right. investment. That's right. And that's and so different. And that's why faith is so important. It's as important as the very air that we breathe, mm -hmm. especially now, because I believe that the Lord is calling out. He spoke this to me a few weeks ago, that we were in a holy timeout. Yes. He pulled us out of the world to pull the world out of us. That's such a good word. That's he gave such a good word. He pulled the world out of us to pull. He pulled us out of the world to pull the, pull world. the world out of us. That's so good. Okay. You need to write about that. Seriously. That's a good word. There's more yeah. to that because I'm, honestly. Your mom on the phone when the Lord dropped that in me. Uh-huh. So yeah. good. So good. So and, and listen, there's two radio frequencies that we know of AM and FM. That's right. 
but God is calling us all to his frequency. Mm. The I am. Come I am. on. There you go. And that's the frequency. And I believe that in this time, in this time that we're sequestered, turn off your TV, turn off the news, turn off everything that you can and just get quiet with God because it's going to be in those moments that he's going to start speaking to you. See, Moses had to go to the mountain to go find God, to go and hear him. That's where he had to go. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to do that because Jesus already made a way. So all you have to do is just follow Jesus. It's real simple. You just follow Jesus. It's real simple. And you just sit with him. And he said he's the door. Jesus is the door to get to God. Nobody comes to the Father unless they go through the Son. That's right. Nobody. Sorry. So anybody who's telling you something different, I apologize. But there's only one way to get to the Father, and that's through the Son. Amen. But, but there's many ways to get to the Son. Yes. There's many ways to get to the Son, but there's only one way to get to the Father. And so as we're spending this time in just, you know, pick up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, go on your phone. Start looking up Bible verses or take a piece of paper. I've been telling people to do this. Take a piece of paper and just start writing and just start asking the God.